Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's Vindo with Robert Hollinshead. Uh, good afternoon to you, Bob, and I know we have a special guest uh, today, Mr. John Clay Wolf, uh, coming at us out of uh, somewhere in Texas. Deep in the heart of, of his Texas. ranch. The studio, yeah. man, the radio studio out in the, in the bunker of the country. It came a long way, pal. The place is looking good. It's coming around. It's coming around. You inspired me with your garden. Everybody's got their gig that they've got to do to keep their brain sane, and, <laughs> and this has turned out to be my project. Hey, the, that lake um, filled up in, in eight hours. We had a flash flood, and it's completely full. I don't know if you've seen the picture, but I'll send you. I, I'm just shocked. It's unbelievable, it's actually. Good. This you gotta get some bass or something and stick them in there, right? <laughs> well, the problem with Bob and I is we know each other too well, so we'll just ramble, 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 and we can speak each other's sidebars. Um, you guys, Bob and I have been friends for ten years. I cold called Bob ten years ago to pitch him my radio show in conjunction with his product, Trade and Marketplace, at the time. And you were right, um, starting to you you sold it, I believe, and but you were still running it. And you told me, "Dude, I love the radio show. I've listened to you. You're good, but you're too edgy on the air, and Cox will never go for it." And you were right. <laughs> it's probably better that they didn't. It's probably I mean? better that they didn't. And and Bob, um, you know, we just got to talking, and we have so much in common. And he has been such a great mentor to me. Uh, and I, I hope you notice every time people call to tell me how great I am, I put your name in there because I don't think I'm great at all, but you've taught me so much. And if people will slow down and listen to you, they'll learn so much. And that's why I've been looking forward to doing this with you because I'm a good example. I'm, I'm a walking example of one of your products is the reality, the way I look at it. Yeah, I had a lot going on. I've been at it for a long time. I'm no dummy. But you taught me how you, you changed my golf swing. Is that a good way to put it? I guess so, Johnny. And I appreciate that because honestly, um, to me, and I know this sounds completely retarded, but um, I find it more uh, rewarding than money when somebody has the ability to take advantage of whatever experience and. Uh, I would call it theory uh, that you've lived all your life. You follow me? So you actually, and I appreciate the fact that you acknowledge it uh, here and there and whatever, because I've got a couple people that have actually taken advantage, I think, of what we like to um, help other people with. It's, um, you know, you, it's what I tell you about your kid now with football. You're living vicariously through the kid. Sure. Your success to me, I live vicariously through because, you know, it was millions of torture sessions through time, arguing back and forth about different things and whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's it's very rewarding to me to see, you know, that you've come to the point uh, that you did. And I was screaming at you different times when you started buying buildings and doing different things. In other words, in a wholesale business, we don't have five streams of income. We got one stream of income. It's what you're doing on an auction block. And what worried me, uh, because I've seen it happen so many times in the past, uh, uh, guys that start building up in a, in good time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not thinking about when things are going left-handed. And, you know, right now is a perfect example of that where when things start to go a little weird with the market, uh, you know, it's, um, 
you got to be prepared for that. And I think you've done a, a great job of getting prepared for that because you're not out running your headlights in terms of, uh, um, you know, your economic success. So there's a little bit of a padding there for these weird Well, you times, always said 90-10, 90-10, 90-10. Keep 90% of what you're making. Right. Spend 10% if you want to. And if you can spend yep. less than that, personally, do that. But 90-10, then you won't get caught off guard. It's 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 actually a fact. And it, it really does work that way. People say, you know, other formulas, my feeling is, close your eyes. Uh, you're not going to starve. Put the money in the bank where you never have to be somebody's slave. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, know, you don't need somebody over your shoulder because especially when a shit's in a fan uh, and somebody's hollering at you and they have control over you, your brain goes into a, uh, I would call it a paralysis. Would you agree to that, John? You've been in a couple situations in your life where the shit was deep in the fan and uh, you, you, you know, you're looking down the barrel. Your brain don't work the same. No. Maybe yours does because you're smarter than I am, but it just, you know, you, it, it, you wind up with a, uh, a thing where you're making really terrible decisions uh, and tragic decisions because uh, you're not able to use your wits. Your wits well, that was what was lucky off. about my situation. I mean, what he's talking about is going broke. And, and if you haven't gone broke, and everybody's version of broke is different, but uh, I went to my version of broke where I was down to a couple hundred Gs. And... And I was paralyzed, and my wife left, and everything was on my ass. But I, I, I removed myself from the social pressure. I moved to Vernon, Texas, and I rebuilt in a small town where they didn't know anything about me except what they were seeing. All they knew was a crippled John, you know? And uh, right. and that was fortunate because if you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and the country club memberships and the this party and the that, and you're going through that moment of broke— that's when those irrational decisions start coming up. You start doing stupid shit to hold face. <laughs> you're putting you're you're not you're not adding buoyancy. You're actually putting on lead belts. You yeah, know what I mean? Right. <laughs> and and if you are true. gonna go broke, it's a lot more fun to do it over in a corner where nobody sees it. <laughs> so but that fear and you know, and you put that in me all it was already there, but hearing you you know talk about it always helped me. Even if you've got cushion, you can't act like it. Even if you know you have cushion, when you lose that right. edge, then um, that that now edge that we're gonna go broke edge, we can go broke edge. Don't respect the checkbook edge. That that's what is a recipe for disaster. And if anybody gets anything out of our conversation today, this would be a good one because we've both been through it. Um, mine was a little more severe than yours, I think. But yeah, we have some padding, but. With the kind of dollars that Bob and I both throw around on a daily basis investing, um, it can turn on your ass quick. I mean, I'll never forget 9-11. I mean, I was in the wholesale business deep in 9-11, and the bitch just stopped. I mean, it just stopped. Right. There was no liquidity. Ford Ford was the only one selling their cars at the factory sales. I remember there was two weeks there, and, um, you know, everybody was buying them for a third less or 40% less. The rest of the guys held them because they didn't know what to do. Thank God General Motors came out. Do you remember Keep America Rolling, zero for 60? When they yep. first did that, and that, that ignited the car market back up, and it brought us back to an oxygen level where we, we could breathe. But, yeah, be, being broke is not fun. So uh, No, it really ain't, and, and it can go really bad. Or uh, you, you can actually like tighten things up, 
and use the experience uh, to your benefit, actually. Um, your story, John, I don't know if it's worthwhile telling because you've probably told it many times, but not on Shoney's show. It's it's kind of interesting, uh, uh, you know, that um, I think at one time you were the youngest Ford dealer in the country, weren't you? I was the youngest uh, Ford, GM, and Chrysler dealer. That wasn't a hand-me-down. Yeah, I was. Mm-hmm. I was 28, I think. I was, I was um, I'll tell you a funny story. So I'm, I'm 28 years old. I put out three letters to three different manufacturers because I was doing a group buy of a, of a small town dealerships. And so Ford accepted me. General Motors accepted me as a dealer principal. Chrysler accepted me. I don't know if they would have accepted me if they knew. Was that, that I was, shocking, John? That Did was that shocking. Shock it was shocking. But what was excited is I had floor plans now of Chrysler credit, Ford motor credit, and GMAC. I don't know if I've ever told you this story, Bob. So we're going along, and I've got these country stores, but I have my wholesale guys, and what that did was give us access to the factory sales. And back then, factory sales, you could make some money. Oh, absolutely. Sure. So we'd go in as Wolf Chevrolet, Wolf Dodge, Chrysler Jeep, Wolf Ford, and and I could head them on those floor plans. So I had a big checkbook now. You know, and General Motors, um, GMAC, office in Plano, Texas. I get a call, I don't know, about four months in. Uh, hey, we need you to come by the office, John. We want to meet with you. This is GMAC. Okay. So I drive over there. And I'll never forget, I, I called my father-in-law. He called me on my way over there. He said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm heading over to GMAC. Why? He was a pretty good business guy. He, he was a good mentor also. And um, I told him, I said, I'm really not sure. And he said, this isn't good. I was like, what do you mean? He said, are you buying a lot? Of, are you doing a lot of wholesale on their on their dime? I said, well, yeah. He said, they know about it. I said, well, they never mentioned it. He said, I bet that's what this is about. Long story short, get over there, sit in the big table. Mr. Wolf, Wolf Chevrolet has purchased more program cars in the past five months than it has in the past 40 years of of previous owner existence. So the dealer I bought it from, we bought more program cars from GMAC sales in four months than they did, you know, in in 40 years. Right. And they go through this math and that math, and it's way out of balance. And you're retailing this many off of your statement, but you're buying this many. Mr. Wolf, are you a wholesaler? Why, yes, Mr. GMAC. I do do a little wholesaling on the side. (laughs) Yeah, we're not interested in you, and here's your termination letter. It was that bad. It was that quick. There was not a lot of discussion about it. So um, I had to go get someone to floor the new cars and... uh, that's pretty scary, but but it was um, the the factory sales were great. You have factory sale experience, didn't you? Used to go to the Chrysler sales. Oh, the, from the beginning, actually, my surrogate father, Al Bayless, was the original factory sale in the sixties. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he actually created the first Chrysler sale in Hatfield, Pennsylvania. He owned the auction and got caught doing some weird things, and uh, he had to sell the auction. Uh, so I learned just about everything you could learn uh, from not by under his wing, not like you and I talking when you're, you know, beginning, Mm -hmm. uh, but just by watching how, uh, you know, how he reconditioned cars, how speedometers were not the same after he was done with them. And, uh, you know, actually how he was Mickey in the factories with, uh, um, with bills and so forth. So as a little kid, you know, I'm right out of Marine Corps, 20 something, 21, two years old. Right. And hanging around watching what's going on and learning an awful lot. In those days, there was no PDR. So we actually two-toned cars. You couldn't match silver charcoal paint on 
the PH and H cars, so you pinstripe and, and two-tone them instead. You follow me? PH so, and H, uh, Peterson, Heather, and Hal. I was a PH and H dealer yeah, in uh, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> Same thing when we're dragging cars up and down prior to 95, up and down Route 1. You know, chains are letting loose and banging on roofs, and that's when we learn how to put vinyl tops on cars as opposed to trying to paint roofs. You follow me? Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, uh, uh Al actually wound up having a, a, a Renault AMC factory sale after he was done with the Hatfield Auto Auctions, now Philadelphia, Mannheim, I guess. Uh, so I learned a tremendous amount. If you give me some credit for mentoring uh, you, I give Al all the credit uh, for mentoring me, just in a different way. We did it in a, a I would call it a, a friendship way. Uh, Al did it more or less in an animosity way, but I think you learn just as well, if not more, the tattoo sticks on a brain a little bit tighter. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and when we traveled together, we, we used to do the North-South routine. And this is before that was actually popular. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, dragging them up and taking them back down and all the rest of it. And, and learned a lot from it. You know, when you get outside of your comfort zone, just hustling Philadelphia or something, you learn a lot when you watch how other people are actually uh, operating their businesses in other parts of the country. That was a tremendous education that, uh, you know, it served, it served me tremendously and it opens your mind up and it winds up taking you in different pathways. You know what I mean? You call them the uh, tobacco states, the, the tobacco chewers. <laughs> and exactly. In, in your experience in the Carolinas <laughs> and how oh you can't goodness. trust those damn Southerners because they'll slap you on the back and piss down your boot. You, you like right. the Yankee guys uh, better. They'll tell you to F off, and you can trust that they're telling you to F off. Well, it's a, <laughs> it's a different set of rules and regulations. I actually learned that earlier in the Marine Corps. In other words, uh, uh, you know, as a 15-year-old kid joining the service, you you, uh, you actually get mixed up with people that you otherwise didn't have any experience with. And there was a definite cultural difference uh, between people you know north of the border and south of the border and and we i've always seen it doing business and uh, in the wholesale business in the auction business there's a no quite i call it slower delaware you get across the bridge in, in delaware and it's slower delaware you might as well be in south kakalaki you follow me <laughs> and there's there's always been a, a a cultural difference in how we do business you know, the the way we do it today, after years of hand-to-hand -hand combat, now it's all computer and simulcast and so forth. You know, it, it's kind of like, um, I would say, homogenized a little bit more. Uh, and we have more direct contact with guys that we otherwise wouldn't have had. Uh, but the knowledge that you gain from moving outside your comfort zone, we did the same thing, you know, when we did things outside the country in Africa and China, different places before it was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, you come back with a different level of experience, how things work. And I think it, uh, it helped me go into a, an area that was way out of anybody's comfort zone doing the, the, the first unseen bid by any car, uh, with computers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, uh, obviously, uh, you know, today that's like a normal thing. Everybody does it, but I think we were the pioneers with that shit. If I ain't mistaken, um, so the it's automated interesting. Bid. Yeah, you're, I hear you. You know, when we talk about mm -hmm. zones a lot, and, and your zone, Northeast Corridor, the Sun Belt, the SEC, the tobacco chewers, as you call them, and then the Westies, mm -hmm. which I've gotten a lot of experience in the past, I don't know, four years with, and I'd call you when I'm out there in California looking at the beach and going over with you what I saw and this and that, and, and it's mm -hmm. different. 
I mean, you know, California's a... It's, it's a cultural different thing, brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think you definitely have experienced it. There's no question about it. In other words, what you did change in Mannheim, Dallas, uh, moving over from the other auction, mm-hmm. you've completely changed the, the dynamic of that. Uh, and the idea that it was going to matriculate out to the other side, I think I told you, because our experience goes back into the 80s out there. It's a different mindset. It's a different culture uh, uh, than it is uh, um where we are, you know what I mean? They don't take risk on you, cars. They don't take risk. They, they, right. we call them tennis shoe wholesalers in Texas, and Houston is full of them. But people that don't put a number in and own it, they want to shop it, they want to sell it, they want to market it. <laughs> hey, I'm going to go show it to George. I'm going to show it to Bob, yeah, exactly. and then they want to get a commission exactly right. check. Yeah, and that's the difference. And then your stories up there on Jerome Avenue and in, in um, Teterboro, the airport, and in. You know, where, where you've got an edge, and I learned from you, is cash on the barrel head and let's pay now and let's buy. You know, if you're in a position to do it, you you can money whip it is the bottom line. Where you Johnny, can Johnny, what you're saying go ahead. is totally factual. It drives me and it has always drive me out of my mind when somebody asks, would you like to bid this car? No, I don't want to bid the bitch. I want to buy the bitch. What's <laughs> What's it take to write a check, man? Mm-hmm. Tell me too much. I'm going to tell you yes or no. You know what I mean? But please don't add, tell me you're going to bid the car. <laughs> it's comical shit to me, man. It's actually very annoying. As soon as somebody says that shit, you turn my ears off, man. You know what I mean? Sure. You want a check? I'll give you a check. Tell me how much it is. If it's too much, I'm I'm more than likely going to buy the bitch. But please, let's not talk about it. I'll let you know. <laughs> but we ride the, the, the jagged line of what I call the bring money, right? What's it bring? Because if it's going to bring 20 grand, we need to own it for 19 after fees. You know, we make a nick. And... Um, what I learned early in my career, you know, I started in, I started at 18 and there was a wholesaler buying the trades out of the store I was in between college and high school. Um, and he lived in the big house and the people were like, how did you get in the wholesale business? Well, this, I noticed this 25 year old getting rich in the wholesale business. So it caught my attention and that it was that dumb really. Um, but, but you know, we'd go to these bid sales and we'd go to, you know, be, be at the dealership and, and there's five wholesalers lined up and I'm calling around getting numbers, right? I'm calling Bob Chevrolet and John Ford, and mm-hmm. they're 22 grand, and this guy's 22 grand. And then I watch the other wholesaler give 23. Well, how the hell did he give 23 if all I can get on it is 22? Well, he mm-hmm. had more balls than I have, first of all. And the reason. And you got a different audience for it, Johnny. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's really what happened when you were at Metro coming to Mannheim. And I explained, you know, with simulcast, you got a different audience. You can't predict what a good car is going to bring. It is, it's physically impossible to sell it hand-to-hand combat and get real money for the ultimate car. You can't do it when you actually put it in critical mass and put it in front of, you know, four or 500 people. No, but Jesus Christ himself cannot predict what that bitch is going to bring. You follow me? Uh, that's really the edge, having a feel for a car and knowing that you're going to be able to put them together in a group and let and let things rip. You you feel it as much as anybody with people whining that you sold a car too cheap. That was my next uh, comment. Here we go. The other side yeah. of that. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but what happens is guys don't understand because they're living in micro. We're living in macro. Micro is they got a car and they think it's going to bring X. But if it don't bring X and you got an audience of 387 people watching you, 
Um, you can't sit there and jerk them off and tell them an if and a but, and maybe I'll call my wife and my uncle's dead, but I'll call him anyway. He's got better <laughs> advice. You got to sell that bitch, man. Right. Because if you don't, it's the Jerry Springer effect, man. Anything can happen if you're paying attention. If you're not paying attention or you just have the thing turned on, but you're not watching, you can't get participation, man. You know what I mean? And once you actually put a little, it's the, it's the piranha effect as well. Not just anything can happen, but when you put blood in the water, um, um, you're going to have people's attention. Your own blood. Um, That's what they don't understand. Your blood is in the water at that point. John, you couldn't say that more accurately. I was watching a a Mercedes factory sale last week, and the auctioneers were like talking and singing and giggling and things. I said, these people ain't even serious about what they're doing. And, And the only way they could be allowed to happen is the seller ain't serious about selling cars because he got a job. It ain't his dough. Mm-hmm. If it was your dough and somebody was singing and giggling and carrying it on and next time, maybe next day. I mean, that can only happen if your if your skin ain't in the game, brother, mm-hmm. when your skin's in a game, I don't care how much money you got. Uh, uh, you need to sell it. You didn't bring a, 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 a people to a party to, to, to not have no candy and food when they get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the same thing with what you're doing on a Wednesday or we've always done on a Friday, man. People got to know this shit is for real. This is not like uh, giggly time. You, you follow me? It's on. It's not an appraisal uh, if system. If you don't, I, and, and we're not trying to like get too much for something. We're going to get whatever the car brings with 400 people looking at it. If you think you can get more, God bless you. John, how many times do you no sale a car and then actually get more money for it the following week? It's it, very rare. It's rare. It does happen. And so that is an art that you, that, that is a key thing that when you pick those few that you're going to miss, you need to really be right because you're showing your ass, you're showing your skirt It's something that we preach that we're not going to do. And when we do do it and it does happen, um, it needs to be right. I mean, it happened a couple of times last week, but when we dump them 10 grand back, I mean, say we're, we're a 40 grand MMR and it's a good car and, and we dump it 30 grand back. And one, two, three, four, nobody going to bid. Next car. So take it away. And what? What? You can't do that. Well, I did do that. Y'all fucking get in the game and start bidding if you're here, because I'm here to play ball. If y'all don't want to play ball, let's not play ball. Let's go to the next one. Right. And then I'll drag that car back after I wake them up and get it sold, because I hate missing a car. I hate missing yep. a car. And it just drives mm-hmm. me crazy. But you, you do have to manage the flow and the momentum of those lanes. And if you just sit there and it just slowly bogs down into absolute bullshit, then it, it, it's just ruining everything. It turns into a factory lane where nobody cares if cars are getting sold or not. Right. And I think once that, that vibe is, is coming across the, the, the screen, you might as well just fold up and quit, man. And you ain't never going to be actually in business to make a profit doing what we're doing. You know what I mean? The other thing is really weird. It's always happened, and I always love when it happened. When you talk about the line of wholesalers sitting at, a, at the used car manager desk trying to buy cars, and you pay too much for the car to 23G. Mm-hmm. I love when you pay 23G, and three or four of them wholesalers watching you sell that car and lose money with it. Sure. Oh, I love I love Then you're love dangerous. Because, listen— the worst person in the world to get in a fist fight with is who, John? A, a crazy person. Crazy, dangerous son of a bitch. No, crazy, because anything can happen. You dig what I'm saying mm-hmm. to you? And that actually is an ally of, of that circumstance, right? If it really is a store you're trying to protect and you're trying to help them make deals mm-hmm. and you really do step over the boundary of, well, you're not going to make any money on a car. 
I don't give a flying fuck, to be perfectly honest with you. You mm-hmm. follow me? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, we're here to do business. And it, it, occasionally, you can actually find uh, people on the other side of that. It's not always necessarily the case. Sometimes you do put the blood in the water and they ain't paying attention to your blood, right? Right. Um, but then that's your problem. That's your problem to decide when you're going to actually, uh, if it's worthwhile to continue to prove how stupid you are how many dollars do you think you we did it just a couple of days ago new store a porsche store that also has a brother and sister that's bmw audi mercedes right this is what we call the good stops (laughs) so the uh, owner needs uh ten thousand too much for his porsche blah 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 blah. my buyer calls Mm -hmm. and here's the thing we got to kind of do this for this guy what do you want to do john i said it's already done i mean Mm -hmm. you know pay him pay him ten thousand we're going to lose 10000 on this car, I understand. Mm-hmm. But it's part of being a good partner with that dealership and the opportunity. We're helping them understand that this ain't a fugazi. Right, you follow me? Right, right, right. It, it ain't a once and done, uh, uh, you know, like it, it ain't the deal. If if we're going to help somebody do business, then we're going to help all the way. But it ain't going to be a one-way street. You ain't just laying down like a moron in the, uh, as roadkill. But we're not I mean? going in there to give 10000 and be a chump either. And then the next week when we come back, we're treated like a bitch. Right. That's exactly correct. Yep. So it's always been that way. And I'm afraid it's always going to be that way. Um, and then you also, in today's world, uh, you know, in, in, I don't want to sound like an old fart, uh, but in the old days, uh, uh, managers actually were around for a long time. They didn't jump from job to job to job mm-hmm. uh, and, and change titles every five seconds. So you were actually building relationships with people. So people actually, uh, you know, uh, then assume that somehow or other you got some sort of special thing where you're smearing people. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we never really uh, uh, made that a practice uh, uh, because you only got to get caught one time. Uh, and I watched it many times where we snuck into stores after somebody got caught uh, 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 toting the note or giving the note, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, uh, it, in the long run, it, it's a total disaster uh, when you actually uh, capitulate to the easy way, don't you? You know what I mean? Plus, the guy that's a thief in a store ain't never going to be there long. The whore you know that's I mean? on the take it, is just like a man-woman relationship. And if if she's cheating on you with her husband, she's gonna she's got three others that she's doing the same thing with. It all blows up, and you're sitting there with you-know-what in hand. And, and, you ain't the special. No. That's exactly no, right. No. As bad as you want to be the special one, it, it, it ain't happening, Mel. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? <laughs> well, let's talk about um, today's market. So what is today? November 7th? Is that what? 2023? Yeah. My wife's birthday is tomorrow. Marine Corps birthday is today, I think. So yesterday when I was selling on the block, you and I were texting back and forth. I said, this is an effing torture session. And you were watching the numbers. And you said, it's not as bad as you think. I think it'll be better than last week, even though it doesn't feel like it. And you were exactly right. Uh, Was last week the bottom? I don't know what the bottom. The bottom of what? You know? Um, Jenny, I don't think we're even close to anybody's bottom. We have the dumbest people in the history of the world running our country. So there's no confidence in the economy, right? Mm-hmm. We're going into all these other crazy things in the world. Not that there's a direct relationship to the psyche of, of what we do in the wholesale world. Um, but to be perfectly frank with you, the prices were so overinflated for three years. Um, I think there's a long way for them to come back to reality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, we got at least another, and listen, this is a, a exercise in futility predicting shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it was encouraging. You had a little bounce yesterday, uh, but I don't believe that's, I don't believe that's a, uh, 
a, a universal thing to where, you know, you got a, uh, a, whatever you call it, a, uh, a guideline to move from. I think we're going, I think we're going to keep on moving backwards, brother. The other thing is you got to picture this money costs money at this point and cars ain't $10,000 no more. Your average car is what? 35 or 40 G ours is 35 or 40 G. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's paying juice on that and it's no longer nothing. It turns out to be something. Right. right. Interest. Uh, and we had that conversation quickly this morning about the the whole buyer's remorse thing and people wiggling. That wouldn't happen if interest rates are zero. You follow me? Mm-hmm. In other words, when people are playing VIG on the money and they got a, brain, a little bit of a fart on a car, it's uh, something, who knows what, some microscopic shit. They're in a panic to get off of that car because, you know, 30 days later, they're paying the juice. Uh, they're smushed in that unit. You, you, you know what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, 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 you've, you've, uh, been around a little bit, Shona, you, you've moved around a little bit yourself. Uh, uh, I say you never know anybody until you've traveled with them. So you could be best friends for life and, you know, uh, uh, even go out to dinner and so forth. And you're, you're best friends forever. You don't know nobody until you actually travel with them. Go on a three week trip someplace. Right. right. Uh, and that's what happens in a bad market. You get revealed. In other words, people's attitudes get revealed. Um, your buyers get revealed. In other words, how they actually uh, begin to operate under pressure. You know what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. Are they able to actually make the adjustment? You know, your windage and elevation is it's got to be moved or you're going to keep shooting at something. You ain't going to hit nothing because you ain't made the adjustment, man. Right. You know what I mean? And when the adjustment uh, happens, what happens? We have less cars, and it makes us uncomfortable because our egos and our drive and our overhead yeah. is set up around X amount of cars. And when the market adjusts, we got to pull back. It's uncomfortable yeah. as hell. And it's painful because we're obviously we're, if you we're are sta- going to sell. Because we're staffed. Uh, you and I both are staffed for big numbers. Uh, and, and if if you're uh, uh, if you're not able to make the adjustment, you're going to keep on going down the same pathway of where you're sourcing and how you're sourcing, and thinking it's getting better just by osmosis. Um, it, you're going to be in for a couple bad weeks, three, four, eight, ten. Who knows how many weeks? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and that's actually where deeper pockets actually come into play. You're able to uh, withstand uh, the adjustment. Hopefully, helping your crew to uh, make their adjustments. So, you know, it, it don't do us any good if, if the people around us ain't doing good. It's better they're doing great, right? So uh, hopefully, if they, but most people don't pay attention because they already know more than you could ever tell them. Hopefully, they take a little bit of an examination and start flipping other rocks and uh, or uh, uh, helping the pain go back to the source, not to be a whiner, but just to let them know the market's uh, not what it is supposed to be. And we can't look at historically what cars were worth because that ain't what's happening uh, today and what's going to be tomorrow. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <sighs> it's, it's, it's interesting. And then everybody, you know, your, your belly's sick and the guys that you're competing with are flipped and they're upside down in their book. And, and that's when the market starts changing is when the spot money, Hey, we're good at this figure now. And we're still good at this figure on a lot of cars. And, and we, we drive that number down because that's all the guys are willing to pay. It's not that we set the market, the buyers in the lane set the market. Let's be real clear. John, y'all set the yeah. market. You are the market. We ain't shit. The buyers right. set the market. I'm, I'm not that's talking the about last bidder that's yeah, right. set the market, brother. And, yeah. 
and to have the ball but but what what you must drive through these bad times to you can keep making money through them you're gonna make a lot less uh, but if you stop the wheel your problems your buybacks your arbs your bad buys your no everything everything gets really oh t- t- take wherever you're sitting travel partners start showing up and you start <laughs> arguing with people you never argued with before or you start making dumb decisions arguing with your customers you follow me mm-hmm. uh, uh, rather than picking the different fights uh, you start pissing people off that are your repetitive uh, uh, customers the ones that got it, the made you that's exactly correct right. yeah well we also make them though Johnny because without the source of the cars they ain't getting nowhere they wouldn't keep coming back if we weren't providing a, a, a service that was valuable to them that's an absolute fact you know what I mean sure um, so and when that guy comes to you, uh, I did this and I did that and I did that and I did this. The reason they do it yeah. is because they're there to make money. You supplied them a product that's making them money. They are your friends and we do love them, but they're there for the right. money. Let's be real. It's like having a bar. <laughs> they're there for the drinks and they're there for the girls. Yeah, <laughs> you're 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 100% right about that, pal. And if they get some entertainment out of it also, it's uh, it's not a bad thing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Johnny, I, I really appreciate you taking your time today, brother. And I'd like to make this a uh, thing where we could uh, visit on Shawnee's uh, show uh, uh, on different topics rather than just talking about like nostalgic shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got one uh, for you real quick. I, I had it written down before we go. Yep. Tell me why. You've told me before, but I think it'd be interesting for people to listen to. Why do previous Canadians perform better in the North than they do in the South? Because they do. Um, you see, that's also perceptual, John. I've never been, you know, this particular run of the Canadian dollars, a dollar 35, you know, that's happened a few times that goes back into the eighties when we were bringing blazers and Broncos across, mm-hmm. uh, without titles, you know, and the, the, the monetary thing obviously has a lot to do with that. And then we were sending cars to Canada, uh, for uh, quite a long time when the, the, there was parity in the, in the exchange. Um, but to be perfectly honest with you, it's what I call Martian cars. In other words, these cars, in many cases, if a car is from Toronto, it's way south of New Hampshire or Massachusetts. So it's not a northern car. It's mm-hmm. actually a southern car. Follow me. <laughs> and, and, and when you look at Canadian road conditions compared to New York State or Western Connecticut, uh, they're better in, in Canada. So it's not as if the cars are worse that are coming across. It's the perception. Um in the Northeast, uh, you know, there's enough importers uh, uh, that have been doing it for the past few years that they've created as as very specific buyer base that don't seem to to, to stray into other lanes. They're not straying into your lane or our lanes because we ain't doing it in volume. Right. You see what I'm saying to you, John? Mm-hmm. In other words, you got to have critical mass. Like critical mass, is something that we I think we both understand pretty clearly. If you don't have groupings that are a magnet strong enough to bring eyeballs to create you know the best end user right it's not going to happen if you're doing 10 or 20 or 50 cars uh, a week you ain't got the magnet that's going to drag people to you you right. follow me uh, you you got two announcements in the middle of the run the guy that's sitting there looking at 12 other lanes he ain't sitting there trying to do you a favor try to p- pinch that bitch it's not happening it's about critical mass uh, uh there's there's dealers that have been successful selling them through the south um, but there's something, there's an aura about a previous Canadian car as if these poor people are Martians or something. Shawnee, you ain't a Martian, are you? You're like a normal no, guy, ain't you? 
No, but I can pick in a, in a U.S. vehicle out in Canada and vice versa. Like anything, our bumpers are a little bigger up here. We got higher crash <laughs> crash standards, so I can pick them out like a like going out of style. Yeah. So if you took a hundred previous Canadians, new new Fords, whatever, and we ran them in Detroit, in PA, in Dallas, which auction? No, you're right about that. Money? Detroit, without any questions, Detroit's bringing more money. There's no doubt about that. So there's a mentality yeah. of comfort level with that product that is has not matriculated down to the south. They're they're worried but about warranty. But it's also when you live there, Johnny, you realize there's nothing wrong because it came across the Windsor Bridge that it turned into some sort of a a, a piece of shit. You see what I'm saying? When you're in Detroit, you you drive five minutes, you're you're in Canada. The car didn't change. Right. You see what I'm saying? So you're used to that 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 type of car in Minnesota or. Uh, I don't wherever. think it's the car. Uh, You're talking too much about the car, and I'm thinking more about the psycho the psychology of the dealer in the South that is not educated on the warranty and the bank funding on it. They're scared right. of it because all they see is an announcement, and they don't really know what the ramifications of that announcement are. Right. And uh, and I guess I guess if there was a, a and you sold the Canadian car take off during COVID and so forth because there was no other cars right so the alternative uh, wasn't there but now that the alternative definitely is there the Canadian thing has uh, uh, I would say petered out as well what, what does it cost to buy you know fifty thousand dollar new Ford truck you bring it across what's it cost to flip it into U.S. spec the Odo and the the, the conversion the tax yeah, it's the, nothing it's it's next to nothing. And, you know, there's people, there's, they've turned it into like a, uh, a, an industry where it's not even a problem to do it. Mm-hmm. It's no big deal. You know what I mean? How, how um, long does it take? How much, how long does the money have to sit Well, it's pay? not how long it takes. There's also, you know, you got a 30 day wait period, John, mm-hmm. right? Now wait period, when you're talking about a hundred thousand dollar truck, you got 10 of them all of a sudden, you know, you're paying big it's a million it? bucks. You got land for 30 days and right. not that the million bucks ain't there. But now you're also assuming the market's going to be there 30 days from now. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying to you? Yeah, you're going to uh, worry about the shrink. We've had, uh, 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 um, uh, like over the decades, we've had experience with it, and my stomach just doesn't fit the 30 the 30 day wait or the 45 day wait, whatever it turns out to be. I it's I, it's I don't know what it is. I like when I buy something, I'm going to sell it the next day. Period. End of the story. If it ain't the next day, it's got to be the following day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't see shit getting better with like wine with time. And that is That could be a psychological problem of my own. Uh, uh, I just can't stand waiting when you buy something, you're going to have a problem with them. Uh, cars that John Pierce bought you, uh, 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 not selling them bitches. You see what I'm saying to you? They, they, it's, uh, oh, these, uh, that uh, barn find. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd have a terrible problem and they need to be kept around because that, <laughs> those cars need to be sold in a group. To some absolute retard that don't has more money than brains, and is never going to find a group of cars like that again. You see what I'm saying to you? I've got to figure out um, what to do with those cars. I mean, they're not bothering me yet. And I figured I was going to. Cut they're not bothering you yet, but they're going to bother you shortly. Yeah, just like a stone in the shoe don't bother you, but they're going to bother you soon because it chewed up old space at a new barn. <laughs> now you ain't got no space to put another shit into. You ain't lying to me. You can lie to somebody else, pal. You understand? Sure. And when you walk past the same hog every day. Uh, whether you put the bumper on or you didn't put the bumper on, I I, I want to see something different, Daddy O. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. <laughs> Acting like you're going to be turned into a collector, uh, in my estimation, don't fit the personality, pal. No, you know I, I mean? hear you. I hear you. I, I yeah. but I have not 
convince myself of what the proper venue for this is. Do I do I do them at Mannheim and convince them to do it on an off day and bring the public in? Do I do them at Barrett and pay their fees? Do I do it on How do we do it? Do we do an outside That particular group, of course, Johnny, I think is special enough that you could negotiate a deal with uh, one against the other mm-hmm. uh, and do an absolute cuz in other words obviously you can do an absolute. Uh, but they, they got to be exposed to the right buyer. It could be a Chinaman. It could be who knows what, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but somebody that's going to spend uh, money to, to buy things that you ain't going to replace. It, it's a Peruvian Waco from you know the fourth century sure. is what that shit is. You ain't getting another one. You know what I mean? Right. Um, what he's talking about, guys, it, is, is we, bought, we bought 25 cars from a hoarder, not a collector, a hoarder in Alabama, and they were new. New means new, like 71 Corvette, 40 miles, um, 77 Vet, you know, 12 miles. Wrapped in plastic, these cars are brand new, so they're time capsules. And they're desirable. The one thing you had to say about the guy we bought them from, he, God rest his soul, he did know how to order a car. He did know what he was doing. But, but more importantly, John, so you could pick out one or two to Z06, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we bought and sold them cars new. Them cars were rocket shot hot when they were brand new. They blew up. I understand that. But having a brand new one of them cars, I personally think as a group, they're worth at least double what they'd be worth breaking out one or two or three of them cars and getting way too much money for them. I agree. You see what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. I think as a group, it becomes a little bit different than the fact that you got two or three or ten that are spectacular. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's my personal point of view. And because of what they are, I think one of these goofball auctions and I don't know that it would be, but listen, Johnny, we've done it at Mannheim where we've sold cars that were really, truly like one of a kind. kind I've seen you do it. I've seen you do it and sold them. Wonderful. And then they go on to bring a trailer or some other and lose. Absolutely. So I'm not saying they couldn't, uh, but I have a funny feeling based on what that group is. They need to be like a headliner at, uh, a, a bar or something. You follow me? But you got to take eight um, percent right off the top, and then the shipping to wherever maybe, the circus maybe. is. Maybe so you're pretty good at negotiating shit, Johnny, and it's going to bring a lot of eyeballs to their to their venue. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, they can only Carol Shelby so many things before <laughs> that shit gets worn out. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? To you? This really is a one-off thing. It ain't a one-off, but he signed it and all that kind of bullshit. No, this is a retard bought them, never touched them, and now here they are. You right. know what I mean? Um, and never uh, to be bought again. I mean, you're just not going to find it again. It, so it will not be duplicated. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There ain't enough barns in the country where you're going to duplicate that shit. It ain't happening, Mo. Yeah. All right, Johnny. We were everybody out there. Already got to work if they're listening, and um, they're already sick of listening to us anyway. So we'll hold the breath for the next time, pal. I appreciate if you, you coming. If you on guys want to, if you guys want to see these cars, go to the John Clay Wolf Show on YouTube. We put up a video. This is Alabama Barn Find, and it tells the backstory on that. Bob, thanks. thanks see you, John. Johnny. Thank you, Bob. See you, Sean. Have fun, brother.